Love you, man. You preach. Come on, lift your voice and shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Come on, he is a great and mighty God. Nobody like him in all the earth. Come on, is he still your healer this morning? Come on, is he still your way maker today? Somebody greet your neighbor and tell him God's got something good for you today. Well, praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. Look at somebody else and tell them, hey, say, hey, notify your face if you're happy. Well, praise the Lord, somebody. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to feel his wonderful presence. And uh, good to know that God is still in control. Amen. <clears throat> I came to this pulpit wanting to uh, preach one particular thing, and um, I was in prayer last night. Uh, Sister McCool had already gone to bed, and I tried to go to sleep, and uh, I probably dozed off for just a little bit. And as usual, <clears throat> God woke me up and uh, went to uh, a small space in the house to pray and began to talk to the Lord. And the Lord began to direct my mind. And uh, this morning, <clears throat> my mind was headed in a different direction. And, uh, and I thought, well, which do you want? Everybody say, look out. And sometimes that's dangerous because then the preacher wants to preach both of them at the same time. Amen. <clears throat> and... Uh, may come back tonight and preach uh, what I was tugged on this morning about. And, uh, but if you have your Bibles, turn me to 1 Samuel 17. And while you're turning there, just want to say we love and appreciate this church. We love your pastor. Love and appreciate Sister Moore. And uh, as Brother Moore said, we're at home and we do feel at home here today. And uh, if I strip a gear this morning... Y'all just pray for me. <laughs> Amen. God's been good to us. And I probably said this the last time I was here. After what we've been through already this year. I'm like many Pearl. I'm just proud to be here. Amen. So it's good to see all of you. And, uh, and it's good to be seen. Amen. And um, we preached in... Boonville, Mississippi, Jumpertown, just outside Boonville. Last weekend had a tremendous, tremendous move of God. Had to receive the Holy Ghost, and that was encouraging for me. That's really uh, the first time in quite a while I got back in the pulpit, so I'm thankful for that. And uh, be praying. Uh, I got a special request. <clears throat> we got a hospital bill uh, that was bigger than I thought it was going to be, but it's not bigger than what my God can supply.
myself ready here. Good to see guests here today. That excites me. I'm not going to pick on you. If you're here visiting, I'm not going to pick on you, I promise. Amen. And I do have something that's going to be good for you too. Praise God. 1 Samuel, verse 17. We're going to look at verse 1. Familiar passage of Scripture. I thought Brother Moore was going to just rip and snort and preach. I thought, my goodness, man, get after it. I don't know what you was holding back for. I have always wondered why in the world he was never an evangelist. Because he can get a service moving. Wake up the dead. My God, we can preach that and tag team all three of us. Better watch out. I might show up on Easter, man. Now the armies gathered their armies. Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered together at Shoko which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shoko and Azekah in Ephesdemon. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together. I believe you can be together and still not be victorious. Because victory necessitates a mindset. You got to want it. It sure is quiet in this house. You've got to want victory. You've got to want change. And not only want it, you see, you know the difference between people that really want it because they take their want to and they combine it with the act of their will going to do something and it's in the doing that God begins to work it's like the man who had the withered hand Jesus said stand forth he did that part stretch forth your hand all right how do I do this it's withered but the Bible said as he stretched it forth it became whole as the other it's in cooperating with the Holy Ghost that God begins to work miracles and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines and the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side I want you to get the picture here's the Philistines on one mountain Israel's on another mountain And there between them, the Bible said there was a valley. And there went out a champion of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath. Everybody say Goliath. Whose height was six cubits in a span. Everybody say ten feet. Now some folks say about ten to thirteen. We'll take ten and be conservative. Is that all right? And he had a helmet of brass upon his head. I want you to notice 
the focus is already in the wrong place. The focus is on Goliath. And it's what happens when your focus is always on Goliath. You start embellishing everything that has to do with Goliath. Are you with me? He had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. That's about 170 pounds. Uh, we've got military people here, well, former. Y'all know what it is to hike with a 50, 60-pound pack on your back. Run 5 to 10 miles with all that on your back. And they have to carry that in battle, too. And here's a man that carries a coat of mail, about 170 pounds, and he's never out of breath. Greaves of brass upon his legs. Target of brass between his shoulders. Staff of his spear is like a weaver's beam. Any of y'all ever been to Pigeon Forge? Hot Springs? Y'all been to some of those places? And sometimes you'll go to those little cabin areas where you've got those weavers. You can't get your hand around that. But that was his spear. And the head of his spear, the point, weighed 600 shekels of iron. And one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and cried to the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine? And you servants to Saul, choose you a man for you. And let him come down to me. And this is always what the devil does. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me. Then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him. Then shall you be our servants and serve us. The Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all of Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were troubled. They were worried. Somebody say worried. I want to draw your attention again, verses 4 through 7 and 8. <clears throat> and I want to, I just want to preach from this thought for a little while this morning. Stop bragging on Goliath. Stop. Cease. Quit. Bragging. On Goliath. Now I feel my Holy Ghost helper coming right now. I'm going to preach to some folks here today. Because you're focused far too much on the issue and the problem and the situation. And you're alienating yourself.
from the course of victory that God has. But it all begins when you stop bragging on Goliath. Put your Bible down. I want us to pray together, shall we? Father, we thank you for the word of God today. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that has already settled down on us in this service right now. I pray that you would break every band asunder. Loose, Lord, the chains that, Lord, harness the mind and the spirit of your people today. Lord, we cry out to you, Lord, and call upon that name that is truly above every name today. That, God, you would stretch forth your mighty hand and you would lift every burden. And, God, you would break, Lord, every chain in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would overshadow every family that's under the sound of my voice. Every need that God seems to be more forlorn and formidable than God what they are able, Lord, to deal with. I pray right now that you would, Lord, take control of those situations right now. And let there be a word of encouragement this morning that's going to lift the spirit and enlighten the mind. And let them realize afresh and anew today that you're still greater than every problem and you're able to bring them through and we give you praise for what you're going to do today in Jesus name come on let's clap our hands and worship the Lord hallelujah giving glory that he's deserving of today Somebody shout praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. God bless you. You can be seated in Jesus' name. It is the old familiar story of the bad against the good. It is the, the bringing together in the clash of enemies and bringing together the, 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 the opposing factions that uh, to bring them to a place of battle and confrontation that they can once again decide what, what is going to be true and what is going to be the facts after all this is done. It's much like the prophet who, who stands against 850 prophets of Baal and the grove in the hot noonday sun and he cries out, how long do you stand halt against two opposing opinions? What is it that really you need to come to the place where, where you're going to make up your mind how long you're going to stand here and put up with the circumstance that you are fighting against. And so we find while these false prophets of Baal are cutting themselves and screaming in fits of demonic rage that, that here the prophet of God comes to the place where he's not moved. He's not intimidated by all of their antics. 
but he finally comes to that place where he gets down and he builds an altar unto the Lord. He saturates the altar with water and he says whoever answers by fire we're going to let him be God and I want you to understand that God always answers the prayer of a man and a woman of God who've had their minds made up who settled the issues who've come to themselves to understand my God is big enough my God is strong enough and my God will make a way for me today it's with that mindset that the prophet brought victory to the camp of Israel and Judah. It was with this mindset that he trusted and God opened a door. He opened the portal in heaven. He caused the fire of significance to fall upon that altar. And Israel went away victorious. It is with this mindset that we have got to come back to altars that need to be renewed. Coming back to places of prayer where we linger in the presence of God and we finally say to ourselves and declare to the devil that it doesn't matter what you bring my way. I've got a God that's going to make a way where there seemed to be no way. He's going to open doors that no man can shut. He's going to shut doors and no man can open. I know what my God can do. And I'm believing for victory in my life today. You believe that? Clap your hands and praise Him. Because we serve an awesome God. We serve a powerful God. Isaiah reminds us in the 46th chapter. He said, whom are you going to liken me to? He said, remember the former things of old. He said, I'm God and there is none else. I'm God and there is none like me. I'm here to remind us today from the word of the Lord. That your God will do to depend on. He is a conquering God. He is an incomparable God. He is not to be compared to anything or anybody. Amen. He reminds us that I am just as powerful today as I've always been. And life and circumstances and those in power do not move me. They cannot stop me. I can't get no help here. But I'm trying to help you understand again today that it doesn't matter who's in the White House. I know who's in the church house. And I know who's walking up and down the aisles of this church. Who's able to heal the body. Who's able to deliver the soul. Somebody say amen. He is incomparable. And to be incomparable means he's incapable of being compared. He is beyond equal. He is above comparison. He is unsurpassed. He is matchless. And that very well describes our God. In Acts 17, Paul comes to Mars Hill in Athens, Greece, and he observes their idols and their altars. And he finds one to the unknown God. It said, for as much then, 
then as we are all the offspring of God we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or to silver or to stone or graven by art and man's device he's saying it is none of those things for God is a spirit John 4 24 and we don't serve a dead God we serve a living God whose eyes see our need whose hands are able to strengthen us whose arms are able to lift the load hallelujah 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 he is an incredible God he is still the peace speaker and the problem solver he is still the heart mender and the miracle worker he is our provider he is our supplier he is our shepherd he is our song he is the sword and shield he is the forgiver of all of our iniquities he is holy he is highly exalted he is merciful he is majestic his power is unmatchable his word is unchangeable his love is unmistakable his return is undeniable his church is unstoppable we've got to get our eyes on God it's getting our eyes upon the source of power of strength whose word is forever settled in heaven and nobody can compare to him today David in his Psalms writes, the heavens declare the glory of God. And when you consider that, amen, how awesome and powerful God is that he hurls the stars upon the black velvet of night, as one poet said. It said he literally hung the stars upon nothing. Amen. Does it ever occur to you, amen, today that nothing ever occurred to God that everything he did he did according to his plan amen when you look to the sky and the planets and the constellations amen everything that you see declares the glory of the Lord amen he speaks and there it is hallelujah he speaks and it happens there's nobody like him God is so powerful. He's so awesome. He's high and lofty. Amen. He simply makes all things seen and unseen this morning to remind us every day and every evening that I am enough. Amen. For you. I am big enough for you to trust me. I am strong enough for you to rely on. I can bring provision in your world where you need not worry about anything. Mm. You consider the nearest star to our galaxy is the Proxima Centauri. And in order to get to that star by space travel, you you put a child that's been born 
uh, in this first week and uh, hypothetically you put that child in that rocket and you blast it off from Cape Canaveral or somewhere in Houston, Texas and uh, they ascend up into the sky and make all the mid-course adjustments and by the time that child reaches that star in that rocket they are now drawing and this is traveling at the speed of light he is now an old man drawing probably his last ebbing breath of life amen and God reminds us through that that he is still bigger than all of that can you apply can you can you understand that outside interstellar space is intergalactic space reaches distances absolutely impossible to imagine just boggles the mind amen and it's places where, where the Hubble telescope has to go out and reach out. Amen. And, the, and that great telescope that's at the Grand Canary Islands. Uh, amen. It reaches out and it's so strong. Uh, amen. And it's power to, to behold what's in the heavens that it can even detect the, the dying light of a, of a dying star. Incredible. And God says, I'm bigger than that. Can you imagine a God so big that he covers the expanses of heaven and yet sits on the circle of the earth? Can you imagine a God today in all of his awesomeness and all of his power that he not only created it, but he exists in it? No, you're not here. He doesn't just create the circumstance. He just doesn't create uh, all that we know and understand. He exists in it. So it reminds us today that regardless of the pain and the problems and the disappointment and the marital strife and the children that are astray from God and all the issues that we face in life, monetary and financially, amen. I got news for you. We've got a God that never fails. So there ought to be no excuse. I can't live for God. No, God will help you live for don't, 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 don't come to me with that. I can't live for God. So I, can't, I can't live that kind of life. Oh, yes, you can. Huh? Amen. Because God is our helper. He can deliver you from the things that keep you from being your best for God. Last time I checked, he still delivers from pornography and drug addiction and alcoholism and lying and cheating and stealing and running around on your spouse. Hey, last time I checked, the Bible it reminds me I got a God who does the impossible oh somebody say yes he does and here we find in the 17th chapter of Samuel one more time the confrontation the cataclysmic collision of opposing forces. And the only difference between victory and not having it was the mindset that Israel had. You see, when you don't believe that God can or God will, you automatically put God in the enemy's camp. When you come to the place where you cannot settle the issue, that I'm going to trust God in this circumstance. You automatically let the devil take the high ground. And let him dictate 
the outcomes of the battle. I know it's quiet this morning. I really feel like the Lord's speaking to some people today. Because you, like I, have come to the house of God with needs. And you wonder, oh God, I know you here. And I, that's why I'm here. That's why I came. And I'm not trying to be condescending in any way. But that's why you're here. You came. Not because you don't believe, but you're struggling believing. But at least you're here this morning. At least you came today. At least you lifted your hands and raised your voice. And say, God, I still believe you. It's understanding that regardless of where we are, God never changes. No matter how weak we may feel and how little faith we feel we possess, I want you to be reminded today that God is still able to lift you up out of the valley and put you on a mountain of victory today. That's how awesome and incredible he is. The Philistines had gathered their armies together. A place called Shoko. A place that belonged to Judah. A place that Israel already possessed. Judah means praise. And that is really where the devil attacks us in the beginnings. Is to eliminate the power that comes through our praise and our worship. Because we can never really praise God and never really worship God unless we believe God. It is the infinitesimal act of faith that positions us for God to move and do exploits. It is being positioned in a place where we really can't do anything else but trust Him. There we are. And somewhere in the picture here, we have to find ourselves. A place that belonged to Judah. And they pitched between Shoko and Ezekah and Ephesdemon. The literal rendering here in the text means they took position. They made a decision on where they were going to fight their battles. I want to ask you today. Where are you trying to fight your battle from? Are you trying to fight your battle from the standpoint of fear and worry? Walking through life, I just don't know if God hears me anymore. Think about it. What what has brought you to that place where you made the decision to try to fight your battle? From a weakened stance. Hmm. Is this all right, Pastor? And so here we, we we've come to a place where we've got to choose where we stand. We've got to choose to believe again today. And the 
Philistines are on one side of the valley. Israel's on the other. And when I examine the Philistines, there is activity. There is a plan. There are shouts of victory already prevailing that echo from one mountain across that valley. And the only sound you hear in the camp of the Israelites is the knocking of knees and the chattering of teeth. You see, Israel had convinced themselves that Goliath was bigger than their God. Somewhere in their mindset, they had forgotten God's creative power to make the circumstances of his own will and doing. To make something good out of what appears to be bad. To bring order out of chaos. Is that not what God reveals to us from the very outset of the word of God? You've got to understand and remind yourself because this is what they failed to do. And when you get in circumstances like this, this is why you need to pour yourself not just into prayer. You need to pour yourself into the Word of God. It's a living Word. It's not just a living Word. It is an eternal Word. Because He knows the end from the beginning. He declares it from the foundation of the world. I'm just giving you scripture today. I'm just reminding you today that, that the same God that steps to the forefront, the Bible said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was that form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Everybody say darkness. But the Bible said the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. God is moving in what seems to be no direction, no help, no strength, no faith. Are you hearing me? And you think God is not concerned about you? You think God's not listening to your prayer? That is the voice of the enemy. And if he can get you to believe that, you'll pitch your tent. On the hillsides of defeat, looking down in valleys of decision, and never go anywhere. I'm preaching to people this morning that somewhere, somewhere in your life, you you, you convinced yourself that 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 I've been too far away from God for for God to want to step in and rescue me out of this situation I've just been away from God and I've been cold and lukewarm in my spirit and I I feel maybe that God God's not going to hear me because I didn't perform to a certain level honey I'm here to tell you though that may be true there's a place called grace and mercy that God wants you to fall on And let God renew your mindset. You're listening to the wrong voice. You're looking at the wrong thing. And this is what Israel did. Because every morning, they'd hear the same clang of armor. They'd hear the same shuffling of feet. 
They would watch all the fires of the night extinguished. And they would watch men gather themselves together on the side of the Philistines. And all of a sudden, some man that's about 10 feet tall comes shuffling out from behind the boulders and the rocks and the plant life and the sage. And he's walking out there with one guy leading, carrying a big old shield. And he takes a stand out in the middle of the Valley of Elon. I defy the armies of Israel this day. Amazing. Empty words. You know, regardless of his size, it reminded me the little chihuahua dog wants to get, uh, you know, like a little feist dog wants to get the fight started, but, but really doesn't have the backbone to finish. And I've seen grown men run from a little chihuahua nipping at their heels. Must be some of y'all. And here, they're standing watching this man. They are fearfully focused on this man called Goliath. Height is six cubits in a span. About ten feet tall. Incredible. He'd have to duck walking in through the doors of this church. He could reach up and change our light bulbs for us. An incredible sight. But a man who was empty nonetheless. A man that big. And I've been around professional basketball players. I used to work at Fingers Furniture Company in Houston, Texas. And they have a sports memorabilia museum inside that furniture store. And, and uh, they got Hakeem Olajuwon's shoes. And they're like this long. They got Earl Campbell's uh, cleats. They're about that long. And I've seen them come into the store and, you know, they're come by to see Mr. Finger and go get lunch somewhere. And, and uh, they sit around and I was working security and they'd come in and I would be privileged to meet men like Bum Phillips and, and just get to talk with some of these men. And, and Hakeem Olajuwon come in and he, he's ducking just trying to get inside the door to the store. And uh, he stands so tall and he's so, so stately, a very nice gentleman. But, but you know, you, you, you get to the place where, you know, for a man that size, he, he really isn't as quick as you would think he is. There has to be a lot of strength to get that big old body lumbering forward and going in a direction that needs. And, and I knew back Back then at the age I was at 28, hey, you're not going to catch me because I'm going to be like a little rabbit on the run. Hey, man, from a wolf, praise God. And I, I just want you to understand there's some things that size doesn't dictate the outcome. But they thought it did. Because all they could do is compare themselves to the monster they saw in the valley. And that's what people do. They compare themselves, their, their bank account, their, their health, the circumstance they're in, the people that they're having to contend with, and the circumstances that seem to, to show that there's not going to be any great 
outcome in your favor. And that's what the devil does. He wants you to be out and feel like you're outnumbered and outgunned. That prayer's not going to work. God's not going to hear you. God won't answer prayer. God won't move this mountain. You can't, you can't do anything for God. You, you can't make it through this circumstance. You just might as well quit. All they could watch was Goliath. And when they got to looking at Goliath, they started like an accountant going through all the details. He had a helmet of brass on his head. This guy's a monster, man. He's, he's got a big old helmet of brass on his head. He's, got, he's armed with a coat of mail that he's put on. And, man, he's, he's wearing it like a cheap shirt from, from Walmart, man. It's just light. He ain't got no problems. He's not having to exert himself carrying it. And he's shuffling along. He's got a target of brass between his shoulders. He's got, he's got shin guards of brass on his legs. He's, he's got a spear the size of a weaver's beam. He's carrying it like a man who knows how to use it. And all of this is just trying to intimidate Israel like the devil's intimidated you today in your family and in your finances and the, your doctor bills and your attorney's problems. Somewhere. Regardless of how this looks, you've got to remember this one thing. God is still working. God works in the nighttime. God works in the daytime. God works upon the mountains and God works in your valleys. And sometimes we, we just need that voice to remind us. And David comes along like some messenger from far away. Good news from a distant land. And he, he's on an errand from his father. Uh, he's carrying a sack with cheeses and breads and water and so forth and so on and wine. And I believe he's making his way to bring strength. Everybody said strength. To his brothers who were in weakness. It says nothing about David and his issues. It doesn't say anything about all that. It doesn't say the problems he's got rounding up the flock. It doesn't talk about all the battles that he's had to fight to get to this point. It doesn't mention any of those things at that point in the scripture. It just, it just says David comes to bring those things to strengthen his brethren. David's smaller than all of his brothers. He's certainly no match for Saul. He just brings what he has. you hear me? He just brings what he's got. God didn't expect anything more. And you think sometimes I got I to gotta do this before I can do that. And I've got to have this before I can get this. And I've got I've to do this before I live for God. I've got to get this straightened out before I can. 
simply saying, you need to come like you are. And I'll take care of the rest. David comes doing his thing. And his brethren are so wrapped up in fear. His brothers are so wrapped up in the impossible. They're fearful. They're frustrated. You know what happens when you get frustrated, don't you? You get a little crabby. I got one honest soul in this house. The rest of y'all just... Y'all ducking and dodging. Shame on y'all. And all of a sudden, David shows up and his brothers say, what are you doing here? I know why you're here. Oh, really? You're a mind reader now. <laughs> you came to see the battle. <laughs> Go back and read the text again. What battle? <laughs> there was no battle. They were set in array. Everybody said they were positioned. But there was no activity going on. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Let me tell you something. God, God needs activity among the victorious. Because activity demands faith. It means I keep praying even though I don't feel anything. I keep walking with God even though, even though he feels like he's a million miles away. I'm still trusting God even though the doctor's support says I still got issues and problems. I, I still believe God even though, hey man, I, I, I owe $127,000 on a medical bill. I, I just want to talk to you today. Somewhere along the way, you've got to be reminded, amen, and I'm going to preach to Mark McCool a little while because I know that in spite of what's present I look back over my past and God's never failed me God's never failed you God's never let you down somebody shout God never fails say it again God never fails God makes a way where there is no way. And God has to send somebody along sometimes whose ears have not been polluted with a negative report. Whose eyes are not dimmed and deceived by appearances. It's hard not to be fearful of the challenge while you're still crying. It's easy to simply say, can't be done. But David was not polluted by those things. And he simply says, is there not a cause? Now, like I said, old familiar passage of Scripture, the message is still the same. But I believe in the timing of things to remind us. David comes along, and he's not intimidated by all this junk. 
In fact, it gets under his skin and gets deep down in his crawl. And I want to ask some of y'all a question. How long is it going to be before you finally get sick of it? How long is it going to be? While you sit under the juniper trees of defeat. To where you get finally sick of something. And you do something about it. That you go back and build altars that you know the fire is going to fall. The anointing's not gone anywhere. God's purpose for your life has not changed. God just brought me here today to remind you. David looks back over his life and he says, is there not a cause? Now, I know it's easy for us to feel, well, David's talking about Israel. He's talking about God's people. That's only part of it. David is focusing in not on Goliath. He's focusing in on God's purpose. And with that in view, David looks back over his life. And he said, who's this uncircumcised Philistine? Who's this idiot? Who's this guy? And that's what you need to start saying. Who are you? Problem? What's up with this? What about it, devil? You ain't got no dog in this hunt. Because I remember a day. Watching my father's sheep. David remembered some promises God made. And a prophetic word that fell over his life. And an anointing that flowed upon him. Because he remembered the day that while the prophet came. Looking to anoint the next king of Israel. That he passed by the seven oldest sons of Jesse. And asked is there not another. Yeah he's out here. Well go get him. Because we're not going to sit down until he comes. And when David walks in, all of a sudden the horn of oil starts shaking in the prophet's hand. And David remembered what the oil felt like as it ran through his hair and down through his beard and stained his clothes. David remembered the times that while he watched his father's flock, how that God delivered the lion into his hand and the bear. And if his brothers would have been there, they'd have said, you can't do that. That bear's going to eat you alive. That tiger's going to, that, that lion's going to rip you to shreds. Thank God they weren't there. There's a lot of well-meaning people. They come to church too. They'll tell you all kind of things. Well, you, I'm praying for you, but in their mind they're saying, I really just feel sorry for you. Man, I, I feel a moving on spirit right there. <laughs> and David says, is there not a cause? That is what you've got to remember. Because the cause is this. The cause is the purpose of God.
cause is going back and remembering all the things God did for you. God did not fail you then. And God's not going to fail you now. And David said, I'll go down there and fight him. No. You see, if God doesn't change and the battle plan doesn't change, then why are you still camped out on your hillside when the Lord is saying, go get him? Why do you keep talking down to yourself? You know, the Bible has a lot to say about reviling others. In fact, it's a commandment. We're not to revile one another, but boy, we're quite liberal with it when we talk about ourselves. I'm just a stupid idiot. I'm just a dumb dumb. I'm just old backslid has been. You are reviling yourself. Turn around, look at the folks behind you, say that must have been for you. <laughs> Boy, I really feel a moving on spirit now, praise God. Mm, 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 mm. It's 11:16. My God. I'm trying to do my best here. Praise God. We got one more service tonight. I'll take another swing at it. Hallelujah. And here, David simply says, is there not a cause? I remember how God brought victory before. <clears throat> I'm not going to go into the rest of the story. You know it. David marches down in the valley. He doesn't try to wear Saul's armor. He doesn't try to use his weaponry. He just uses what he knows works. And you know what works. See, the devil's convinced you've got, you got to have something a little extra for it to work. Some of y'all nervous. Y'all don't know where I'm going now. <laughs> but you think you got to come up with some new gimmick spiritually. I got to have 12 steps to get this done. I got a seven step program to get that done. I've got to, I've got to meet a certain status quo now. I've got, to, I've got to get up a little higher on the rung before the same thing works that got me where I am now. Y'all going to be chewing on this all week. <laughs> Is there not a cause? And David goes down and defeats the giant. Somewhere along the way, the success you have against the giants in your life first come when you stop bragging. Bragging on Goliath left Saul and the men of Benjamin and Israel. Cowering in tents. But David comes along and he sees another opportunity for God. He sees another pathway to victory. Because he made a decision. Let's all stand. He made a decision.
that this is what I believe. And what I believe has, leaves no room to brag about Goliath. I don't have time to focus on the intricacies and the proclivities of my problem and my setback because God is still God and I'm still his child and I know what God can do and the anointing that came on me when I defeated the lion and the bear is still the anointing that is with me now. Some of you are just a few moments short of an incredible victory in your life, in your family. You were very close to the breakthrough. And what determines where you you getting there from here. I feel the prophetic coming on me right now. And what determines you getting there from here is what you do with your mind and what you do with your mouth. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And you've got, this isn't positive mental attitude stuff. This ain't PMA stuff. Now, I'm telling you from the word of God. Get your eyes on a higher point of view. Quit looking at your doctor bill. Quit looking at all the situation and the doctor's report. The doctor may have said it's stage three, stage four cancer. God is still told this church already they nearly killed me twice now since January the 9th. Apparently God's not done. Or I wouldn't be here. And furthermore, all the things that have accrued through all of these things. God can deliver me. He can deliver And some of you today come here and your circumstances are various and different. But I assure you that God is still the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And I want us to lift our hands right now. I'm done. I'm done. But the Holy Ghost just simply sent me here to remind this church, stop bragging on Goliath. Stop bragging on your problem. Stop bragging on the marital failure. Stop bragging on all these things. Get your eyes off of that. Get your eyes focused on God again. 
Find that altar where you can come back and be renewed and let God send the fire, amen, that's going to bring, amen, that desire and that passion back into your life. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and get your eyes upon the Lord, amen, and to the hills from which cometh your help because your help comes from the Lord. And you're not defeated until you decide you're defeated. You're not going under until you decide you're going under but when you got your mind made up I'm not going to be defeated in this dilemma I'm going to get up from where I am and I'm going to march on I'm going to walk with God I'm going out to that valley in Jesus name and I'm going to see this thing happen I want you to take your neighbor by the hand right now musicians will you come just want you to take your neighbor by the hand if it's appropriate I'm going to give us a chance to pray right now. Some of y'all need more than just to get excited and walk out of this building today. Some of y'all need a few moments to bring some things and lay them down. See, I still believe in the old altar. And the old altar isn't always a piece of wood we put out here in front. Used to, we had real altars. Now we got steps, we've got platforms to pray at, and that's fine. An altar is where we make it. An altar is a place of commitment and sacrifice and renewal. So it doesn't matter whether you're a saint or a sinner. The altar is a very important place. It's a place where we get our eyes off our Goliaths. Oh yeah. It's a place where we linger in the presence of the Lord and let God renew our spirit. I'm going to open these altars because there are many of you today that you you need a place to lay some things down. You need to lay the burden down today. You need to lay your worry down. Mama, you need to lay your frustrations down today. My brother, you need to lay down some aggravations that keep you on edge. Keep you snapping at the wife and your kids. You're frustrated because God's talking to you and God's dealing with you. God's trying to remind you that He loves you. And it's not His will for you to sit here in the tents of defeat. But it's time to get your eyes off Goliath and get your eyes off your past. Get your eyes off the failure. And bring it to God today. Father, put your hand on this church right now as they begin to come to this altar. That God, you would begin to put your hand upon everyone. God, as they bring their burden and lay it down at the altar today, regardless of where they're at, that God, they're going to find you at that altar and they're going to find the fire of God fresh. Amen. To consume the sacrifice, Lord, of a willing and submissive heart today. To get their hands off of trying to control their problem and control everything that's going on. But Lord, they they look to you right now and they close their ears to the voice of Goliath. They shut their eyes 
witness to the presentation amen of Goliath and they start looking to a God who has brought them through so many things oh God I pray today let there be a move of your spirit that will transcend oh God the frustratedness and the anguish of their heart today Oh, God, I'm going to bring it to you today. God, I know I've come short. No, we failed you. No, God, that it seems like everything is over our head and our Goliath screaming us every day. But God, I'm bringing it all to this altar today. And I'm reminded of where you brought me from. I'm reminded of all the victories that you've given me. And I'm reminded today of the bear and the lion. And after all that I've been through, I'm going to be reminded again of the Goliath that's before me now. That in spite of the intimidating words and the fearfulness of his presence, I know you're going to bring me through this. You're going to help me because I still feel your love. I still feel your touch. Come on, somebody. You know God's dealing with you. You know the Holy Ghost is is talking to you today come on you feel the love of God come on let that be a witness in your spirit that God still has a plan for you and God still has a a road for you to travel amen that God still got something for you to do amen a battle that victory can come amen to your side and remind you that your God never fails and God never falls short And even though you may be stumbling, you're still walking through it. And you're going to make it. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That shit, talk to him right now. Come on, come on, let your prayer ascend right now into the throne room. Come on, let the Holy Ghost uh, that's surrounding us right now minister to you. Come on, God's wanting to encourage your heart and remind you He's up ahead fighting this battle for you. He brought you to this place just to prove to you that He's still your God and you're still victorious. Come on, that He'll make a way where there seemed to be no way. And there's nothing that He cannot do to you. That's it. Go ahead and cry out to him. Let the tears flow. It's all right. You don't need to be embarrassed of that. Come on. There's power in those tears you're crying. There's power in that prayer you're praying. There's power in that submission there you're kneeling. There's power and authority in that place.
world, heaven and earth. I lift my eyes unto the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. I lift my eyes unto the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth.
my help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. I lift my eyes unto the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Let's put our hands together for none other but Jesus Christ, our helpers in the house. Amen. I said our helpers in the house. We in the valley of decision, but our helpers in the house. We're making some commitments, amen, that you know what? The helpers showed up, and the helpers going to help us defeat, amen, the lions, the bears, the goliaths, and everything else that's coming down the pipe. Hallelujah. He's going to see us through. He's going to lead our sides. He's going to walk with us. He's going to be the voice that we're going to need. He's going to be the presence that we're going to need. He's going to be that sure anchor, amen, when we're going to need him. Hallelujah. He's going to be an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Oh, I'll tell you, nobody like Jesus Christ. I'm going to lift my eyes to no other. I'm going to bow my knee to no other. There's only one name I'm going to call on. That lovely name of Jesus. And he's going to show up. And you know what? He just has a tendency to show out. Amen. When he shows up. God bless you this morning. Have we heard the word today? Have you felt the word today? This word's alive. It's not only hearing it, but you can feel it. But thank God for ears that wants to hear it. I want to hear it. How about you? Appreciate you. God bless you. It's so good to see all of you in the house of the Lord this morning. Come to worship with us and magnify the Lord. If you don't have somewhere to go tonight, come back and be with us. 5.30 prayer time. 6 o'clock service time. We're looking for a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost in this place tonight. Amen. We're coming back expecting miracles and wonders and signs. We're coming back expecting, amen, to have a party. We're coming back to get drunk. <laughs> uh, I'm not interested in dead church. I'm not interested in just half-heart church. I'm interested in church. Holy Ghost Church. Amen. God bless you this morning. Appreciate you again. It's so good to have all of our guests with us this morning. It's so good to see you with us. Appreciate you being here. Let's give our guests another good hand. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. We'll see you tonight. God bless you.